Hey guys, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Chapter 17. So chapter 17 begins with Surah Al-Anbiya, which means prophets. And this surah begins by saying, the end of times is near. The day of judgment is close, yet all you people are ignoring it. Every time Allah reveals a new surah as guidance, instead of listening to it, people are just so busy with their own lives. The chiefs and other people of the Quraysh would spread rumors that the Prophet was a magician, that he was somehow charming everyone to follow his false religion. They spread propaganda and fake news all around the city, but all that did was make people even more curious. They didn't take anything the Prophet said seriously because they thought that he was just some madman trying to gain power. And so they demanded a sign. They said, all the previous prophets brought a sign with them, so where's your sign? Allah responds by saying, all the people that were destroyed before you were shown signs. They were shown many signs, but they still didn't believe. So Allah knows that no miracle would satisfy them. And like we said in the previous surah, once a major sign is shown, the time given to decide if you accept or not is shortened. Because if you don't believe even after a major sign, then there's no hope left for you. You don't need any more time. That's it. Punishment comes. Allah tells the Prophet ﷺ that all the previous prophets were humans and each prophet was given miracles and signs. So when the people say, how can the prophet be a human? We aren't going to follow a normal human being. Allah says, ask the Quraysh. They believed in Prophet Ibrahim and Prophet Musa ﷺ, right? Were they not human? Of course they were human. So why do you keep asking how a prophet can be a human when all the prophets you do believe in were also human? Allah said that all the prophets were human. They ate and slept just like us. They aren't immortal. They have the same emotions, same desires, same problems as us. This is so that we can relate to the prophets. They went through hardships too. They suffered and struggled and cried too. So if they can be strong after going through what they did, then so can we. Allah tells us the Quran is mentioning you. Yes, you, all of us. The Quran is talking about us. Allah knows the human mind. I mean, He created it after all. So He knows how weak we are, the things that we like, how stubborn we are, and how dumb we are. So this book is for us, yet we don't use it. When you buy something, it usually comes with an instruction manual, right? Dumb and arrogant people try building the thing without reading the instruction manual. They think, they know what they're doing, and they spend hours trying to figure it out. The smart people, they read the manual and they finish the task within minutes. So pick up the instruction manual Allah has given to us and use it. The people at the time and the people today both think that this world was created for fun, that there's no purpose behind it. We're here, we do whatever we want, then we die and that's it. Allah says, no, there is a purpose. It's a test. And if you want to sit in the classroom and scribble all over your exam papers, then you can. But don't cry once you get your grades back. In hell. <laughs> the Quraysh worship multiple gods and Allah said, if there were multiple gods, there would be chaos in the universe. You've probably seen those movies of Greek mythology, different gods always fighting each other for power. There would be no order. That is why there is only one God, Allah. That's it. The Quraysh were asked to bring proof of their gods. Can your stone god bring the dead back to life? No, there's no evidence of their power. Yet the Quran and all the previous scriptures all contain proof of punishments for people who worship multiple gods. All the previous prophets, they all had the same message. One God. Our book shows proof. You people have no proof. Allah says, do people not believe that heaven and earth were originally one solid mass and then Allah tore them apart? How he made every living creature out of water? This is science. 
thousands of years before scientists could even confirm the Big Bang Theory, that the universe started off with one mass and then blew up and expanded into the entire universe. And creatures made of water. Humans are 60% water. All creatures are made up of water. Of course, the people back then had no way of confirming it, but now we do. Then it gets crazier. Allah said he placed firm mountains on earth in order to keep the earth stable. And today, science knows now that mountains, they go thousands of feet up, but they also go miles deep down below the earth, meaning they're like an anchor between tectonic plates. They keep the surface of earth from moving too much. SubhanAllah. Allah said he made the sky as a safe canopy. What's a canopy? You know that thing in people's backyards, it's almost like a huge umbrella and it basically provides shade and protects you from the sun. What do we know about the sky today? The sky protects us from harmful UV rays. It absorbs the heat from the sun and keeps our earth cool. Allah said he made the sun and the moon that are each floating in its orbit, staying away from each other. Allah is talking about gravity before there was any Einstein. Man, just SubhanAllah. Look at these signs. Yet, people just didn't want to listen. Even today, people still don't want to listen. Allah mentions to the Prophet ﷺ that no one lives forever. Every living being will be tested and then will taste death. So all those who keep asking where their punishment is, don't be so impatient. You have no idea what you're in a hurry to experience. The Prophet mentions the story of Prophet Ibrahim ﷺ to them. Since the Quraysh were so proud that they were related to Prophet Ibrahim, yet ironically, they didn't know his true story. So the Prophet ﷺ told them that once the truth was revealed to Prophet Ibrahim, he went to his dad and his people and asked them, what are you guys worshipping? His people responded, we're worshipping what our fathers worshipped. Prophet Ibrahim says, well, your fathers were wrong for worshipping idols. His people got a bit upset and said, are you being serious right now? Are you, or are you just joking? So they all left, everyone was back to doing their own thing, and when no one was around, Prophet Ibrahim ﷺ went and broke all their statue gods into pieces but he left the biggest statue of their main god in one piece. He didn't touch it. So when everyone came back and saw what happened, they were angry of course. So they had a feeling that it was probably Ibrahim that did it. So they brought him here and asked him, did you do this? Ibrahim responded, me? It's this big statue god that destroyed all the other little statue gods. Don't ask me, ask your god. The people went crazy. They said, you know the idols can't talk. And Ibrahim responded, well, why do you worship something that cannot help or hurt you? His people just had enough of him. So they decided they were going to just burn him alive in a huge fire. So they threw him in. And the last thing Ibrahim said before being thrown into the fire was, Hasbi Allahu wa ni'mal wakil, which means Allah is enough for me. I don't need anyone else but Allah. So what did Allah do? Allah said, oh fire, be cool. So as he stood in the fire, it didn't touch him at all. It was as if he was sitting in a garden full of flowers. SubhanAllah. Allah said he did the same for every prophet that came to fight against ignorance. Prophet Lut and how Allah sent down angels to destroy his city after they refused to listen. Prophet Noah and how Allah helped him against his people. How the ark was built and Allah kept his people safe against the floods. Prophet Ayyub's story that is mentioned in more detail in another surah, but basically he was sick from a terrible disease and lost his entire family. Yet he kept patient and he didn't even demand Allah to cure him. All he said was, Allah, this is what I'm dealing with. You are the Almighty and that's it. He just left it all into Allah's hands and Allah cured him. Prophet Yunus salam, and how he got stuck in the belly of a whale. And this is where that famous dua comes. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu And Allah saved him too. 
Allah cured Prophet Yahya's wife from being impotent and allowed her to have a baby. How Allah kept Maryam safe as she delivered Prophet Isa Prophet Ismail, Prophet Ishaq, Prophet David and Solomon, Prophet Idris, Prophet Zechariah. All of these prophets went through the same trial. They all went through major hardship, loss of life, diseases. They were in the most ridiculous of situations. They went through some of the most extreme hardships and they all had to wait for long periods of times before their du'as were finally accepted. And they were prophets. They were beloved prophets. Yet Allah still put them through major hardship. And they stayed patient. They stayed strong. They trusted Allah and asked for His help. And Allah helped them all. This surah didn't go into full detail of each of those prophet stories, which is why you should definitely look into them yourself. Again, the purpose of telling all these stories of the prophets was for two reasons. One, so that the disbelievers, the Quraysh and the Jews, could understand that the Quran believes in the same prophets as them. And if they truly believe that they are the children of those prophets, then they should accept the message that they brought. Otherwise, they should be prepared for the consequences. Second, of course these stories were also given to the Muslims and the Prophet to give them hope and courage that Allah will always be with them and that the true believers will always win in the end. Allah talks about the signs of the Day of Judgment, Gog and Magog, Yajuj Majuj. We learned about them in the previous surah and how Zulkarnain built a wall to keep them locked up. The day they break out, chaos will spread on earth and the Day of Judgment will be super close by. And once this chaos starts, all the people who didn't believe will be so shocked and scared. They're going to regret not listening and at that time, none of their idols will be able to save them. The good and righteous Muslims though, they will be calm and chill because, you know, they were prepared for this. The angels will welcome them. High five, you did a good job. Your reward that you were promised is waiting for you. Again, I hope everyone realizes that that's not what they'll actually say to you. I'm paraphrasing everything so that it's just easier to understand. Just had to clarify. So Allah says, On the day of judgment, Allah will roll up the heavens like a scroll and resurrect His people, bring His creation back to life for judgment time. So are you people going to finally accept the truth? Are you going to give up worshipping your idols and accept that there is only one God? The Prophet Muhammad was sent to you people as a mercy. But if you want to reject it, then don't complain in hell that you weren't warned. So this is where Surah Al-Anbiya ends and, and chapter 17 continues with Surah Al-Hajj. So this surah was revealed during the time period where the Quraysh had banned the Muslims from going to the Kaaba. They stopped them from performing Umrah and Hajj, which is a huge deal. So this surah was revealed to address the Quraysh, to warn them, and then it also addressed the Muslims and gave them permission to fight against the Quraysh. So this surah begins by saying, O oh people, fear Allah and fear the Day of Judgment. You people panic over such small earthquakes, right? On the Day of Judgment, you will experience an earthquake like never before. It will be one earthquake after another until the mountains will have collapsed and the earth will be flat. There will be so much chaos that no one will care about each other. It'll be every person for themselves. The Quran says, even a mother will leave her baby behind. That's how much chaos there will be. When have you ever seen like a mother would leave her baby behind? Never. But Allah is saying, this is that time where a mom won't even care about her own baby. Allah says, oh you people, I created you with clay from a sperm drop, then turned you into a clot of blood and then a lump of flesh. And you stay in the room for a certain period of time until I bring you into this world. I provided you food and nutrients so that you can grow. And some I take back early and others I let them grow so old that they forget all the knowledge that they got when they were younger. You know, like as you're growing up, you learn so much, but you reach an age where you just forget everything. Allah is saying, I'm telling you people this, that I created you this way so you can understand who I am. 
I am your creator. I am the only truth. I am in charge of life and death. So listen to what I'm telling you in this book. Listen to my warnings. Allah says there are some of you Muslims who worship on the edge. Meaning, when things are easy, that person follows Islam. And when things are hard, or if they don't like something, they just don't follow it. Allah says that person who's wishy-washy, they will lose both in this life and in the hereafter. For all those Christians and Jews and other religions who think they are the correct religion, Allah says Allah will make it clear on the Day of Judgment who's right. Allah describes the punishment for the disbelievers. Allah says they will wear clothes made out of fire. Boiling water will be poured over their heads that will cause their skin and insides to melt away. There will be an iron mace, you know that metal ball with spikes on it? An iron mace will be used to lash the disbelievers. The believers though, they will be clothed in the most comfiest clothes made out of silk. They will have gardens and rivers flowing waiting for them. Allah says, O disbelievers who are stopping the Muslims from praying at the Kaaba, you will be severely punished. Allah reminds them how he told Prophet Ibrahim to keep the Kaaba clean, to keep it free from idol worshippers, and let others know so that they can come and perform Hajj, so they can make Tawaf around the Kaaba in their Ihram and remember Allah on those specific days of Dhul Hijjah, so they can benefit from its blessings. Allah says, let them sacrifice an animal and feed the poor. So I mean over here, Allah is basically describing the process of Hajj. Allah then gives permission to the Muslims to fight against the Quraysh and to reclaim the Kaaba. And Allah says, he will always help those who help him. Meaning, Allah will help those good Muslims who do their best to be good Muslims, who pray, who give zakat, charity. Obviously, do you think Allah should help you if you aren't even listening to Allah? So, you help Allah, Allah will help you. Allah gave the Muslims the permission to kill as a self-defense. Again, Allah said that it is better to avoid killing at all. But, if it's necessary, as a last resort, you may kill in self-defense. Allah reminds the people again that all of their suffering, all of their struggles will be rewarded. This applies to us too. You know, say a convert Muslim that's living in a Christian household. That convert is harassed. It's difficult to practice Islam. But Allah says, you will be rewarded for all the times you are harassed by people for being Muslim. Or if you pray in public and get called names, Allah will reward you for that too. So, oh people, all you Muslims, all you humans, Allah has created you to worship Him. Allah has created this world to test you. Wake up and understand that you are in a classroom right now in the middle of a test. If you want to experience true peace and true happiness, then make Allah happy. Follow the Quran, perfect your salah, give zakat, give charity, and trust Allah. Of course, it's hard to let go of all the fun things of this world. Every person wants to have fun and enjoy. Of course, it's hard to imagine waiting for Jannah. It's so hard, you know, like imagining Jannah first of all, and then saying that, okay, we'll wait and then be rewarded at that time. But the more you remember Allah, the more you learn about Allah, the more you understand Allah and the Quran, it will get easier for you to give up those things. So this is where Surah Al-Hajj and chapter 17 ends. Surah Al-Mu'minun starts in chapter 18. 